Podcasts from the Cat. Voices and sounds from Crew and Nantwich. Today we're talking to the owner of a local consultancy business launched in 2021 and based right here in South Cheshire. Taking on Goliath is the brainchild of Dave Christie, a qualified business mentor who has great plans to take the business forward and we're especially pleased to welcome Dave Christie in the studio today on Business Brunch. Dave, welcome to The Cat. Thanks, Des. Thanks so much for the welcome. Uh, Dave, prior to launching Taking on Goliath, uh, you worked in the food and drink sector and held several commercial leading roles. So talk us through your journey and why you decided to uh, start a business in 2021 right in the middle of a pandemic. Yes, it doesn't seem like the uh, best of thoughts at the time, but uh, the journey is actually quite an interesting one. Um, School wasn't necessarily for me, and I didn't particularly get on very well within it. I had a very ill mother at the time, so my focus was around family and not necessarily around education. I think looking back, actually, I was probably a little dyslexic and... The class clown role came in to cover that at the time, so my teachers weren't enamoured by me, I think would be the right phrase. I've met several since who have actually said they're quite proud of what I've achieved, so that was always nice to hear. When I left school, I went into retail. I went into uh, working in local retail stores, and at the same time, I was trying to pursue a rugby career. And it was the rugby career, or failed rugby career, as I was never quite good enough, Uh, that led me to the food and drink sector and indeed into coaching. Uh, I was very privileged to have a rugby coach who took the time to explain certain things to me. I don't know if you are aware about the old school rugby backgrounds, but most of the time us rugby players weren't there to think, we were there to do. And we weren't there to question. And when I was jumping one-legged over a hurdle... I didn't understand why I was doing it or how this transformed onto the rugby field. So I asked my strength and conditioning coach the reasons why. I was very briefly told, stop thinking, just do it. But I didn't rest there and I was really intrigued as to the thought processes behind that. So I took the time to take the sports conditioning coach to one side and ask him why I was doing it. And when he explained to me that during a contact breakdown area, being able to shift your body weight from one side to the other actually would help me in the breakdown and gain additional lines and potentially break the gain line and support my team better. Not only did I understand it, but actually I wanted to do it more. I wanted to do it better because I could see what the outcome was. And it was that spark that still stays with me now, actually, as I try and help other people see where that spark comes from and looking at people when they understand how to do something and the reasons behind that is very much why I got involved in coaching. And tell us a little more about the the roles that you held in, in the food and drink sector that gave you your perhaps uh, selling skills and um, in particular the, the way you engage with other people. Yes, well, when I failed at rugby uh, and rugby coaching, uh, I was at, for a number of years, which didn't quite pay the bills as the money isn't there in rugby. I took a route into uh, healthy snacking and the protein supplement market, sports nutrition. And that enabled me to get a lot of my good training through some large pharmaceutical businesses. But always in the back of my mind, there was that urge and that desire to do something of my own, to own something. So I became a sponge. And where I had kind of run away from school, 
an education system I ran straight into, consistently learning for the next 30 years. Uh, and if you'd have asked me back then if you'd have seen that coming, I can tell you I did not. Uh, no, it, it, it's an interesting progression and, uh, and really it flows. It certainly fl- flowed for you. Uh, and it's put you in, in a position where you're a, a qualified business mentor. So share with us what's involved in the training process and, and tell us more about the core services uh, that, that Taking on Goliath offers its customers. Well, I think it's important first to understand that being a qualified business mentor isn't a necessity. It's something that I desired to do to add one credibility to what I was doing as it's a 12-month course that involves probably around... 120 to 140 hours of reading several five and a half thousand word essays and my typing skills are not great so that takes up an awful lot of personal time but if I'm going to coach and mentor local businesses as I do right now I felt that I couldn't do that without showing my engagement levels as well by dedicating myself to be qualified and thus learning different ways of doing things because You talk about the services that Take On Goliath provides. The number one service is telling people that my opinion means nothing. It's not my opinion that's important, it's yours. So we work very much on supporting the person and not the problem in amongst the business environments that we come across. So the the actual training that you went through to to achieve um, being qualified as a business mentor, is that quite intense? I mean, I know you said you did a lot of reading, but uh, it's the application, isn't it? It's the ability to solve problems. Absolutely. And it's also the ability to listen. And one of the key elements to, to that was listening to understand and not listening to respond. I think we all know and have all been told from time to time as coaches and probably to the people listening as well with their businesses that they're a good listener and people come to them with their problems. But we very much want to listen to respond. We have that rescuer um, within us that wants to rescue people and help and support people. But actually, the main skill to learn in the intensity was actually putting my own thoughts, experiences behind me and listening to the person and understanding what it was that their issue was and then bringing in my advice or support from there. Dave, you uh, started your business in the middle of the pandemic, uh, as we've already said, uh, which meant finding customers on the telephone and coaching customers in Zoom meetings. So tell us more about uh, this period and how current circumstances have changed the way you engage with customers. Yes, to start with, obviously it was within the pandemic, which some people might think was a little crazy, but actually it was because lots of people were being displaced during the pandemic and starting up their own businesses and making some basic mistakes because you only know what you know at the time, that I could see that there was a necessity to take that leap. And you're right, Zoom was something that I used a lot of. Um, Networking events and online networking events were becoming very prominent. I think we all... uh, dip our toe in from time to time, whether it be from a personal family Zoom quiz to a business meeting, etc. So we were all getting our heads around videos and, and engaging in a different manner. So it was really important to embrace that. And as the pan- we've come out of the pandemic, obviously we've been able to go back to face-to-face, but actually some of the important areas of technology have still remained, so we can still do Zooms if it, uh, time allows. Uh, that means we can speak to more people um, and I offer, and I, a lot of my clients offer 
bespoke 30-minute services or introduction calls that allows them to sit in the comfort of their own office or home and engage with potential new customers. And I think people buy from people, so getting to know people is, is vital. Now, Zoom meetings have their place, I think. Uh, certainly, they're a, they're a fixation now, aren't they? For most businesses, they find that some customers like eye-to-eye and some customers like Zoom meetings. So how do you separate the two? Each individual client that I deal with is different. And actually, I work to their preferences. But also, as a coach, it's about having uncomfortable conversations and sometimes bringing people out of their comfort zones because... That's where the magic happens. That's where people develop. That's where people learn new skills. So it's around that initial engagement and understanding the person that I'm dealing with in front of me and what will be best for them. I actually find I'm going on one later on this afternoon. I'm doing a walk and talk around Rudyard Lake um, because I'm bringing somebody out of their comfort zone, out of their office, off of Zoom and into a place that really relaxes them so that they're able to fully engage in that coaching process. So, so what you're saying is you, you actually find out early on when you're talking to a potential customer exactly how they want to engage with you. Yes, not just by where they want to engage, but also how they like to be engaged. Do, are they visual? Uh, do, they like to be, do they like to hear things? Do they like to see things? Do they like to do things? How do people learn? And that's all part of the process when we onboard people within the programmes. So finding new customers, is, as you, you well know, is a, a costly process. Um, using, it uses your time and it uses other, other resources. So talk us through the methods you use and share with us how you generate customer loyalty. The first part is actually understanding who my ideal customer is. We can overinvest a lot of time in networking and social media and all the other platforms that are out there and suddenly find ourselves 60% of our time networking with not necessarily the right results. So I try and strip things back to who is my ideal customer, where are they, and how do they like to be talked to and where do they like to be approached from, so that we are talking to the right people at the right time, in the right place. And that's, again, very important because there's lots of great people and businesses out there And my niche is working with small independent businesses, so there is no need for me to be within a corporate environment or somewhere where larger businesses reside or networking groups because that's not my target audience. Mine is a small independent family-run businesses, so I'll look for where they are uh, and approach them and talk to them in, in the right tone and manner. And your potential customers, obviously... When they become a customer, they were one originally of a large pool of people that you're talking to on a regular basis. So how do you make time to ensure that you're you're keeping the the funnel topped up with potential customers? It's a question that I get asked a lot as well, actually, and one that we all face, I think. And it's finding that right level of balance and what works for you. So uh, right at the beginning, as we talked about during the pandemic, I tried Facebook, I tried... I do hints and tips on uh, Instagram. I do LinkedIn posts, etc., as well. And the areas that I found that I got more responses from was the areas I then focused on and pulled back on some of the others as well. So that I'm keeping myself relevant. I'm keeping myself up to date with hints, tips, news, information that allows me to create, one, customer loyalty, but two, spark the interest of new potential clients along the way as well. And obviously, customer loyalty generates more customers. Uh, 
referrals, referrals are probably one of the most important areas of business to be fair you are only as good as how people talk about you when you're not in the room and leaving people with a really positive emotive experience but also one that people see as real added value is very important and in the world that we live in at the moment value is deemed the most important thing and that's not just value of money it's value of time and energy as well so making sure that the businesses are putting their efforts time into the right place for the right result podcasts from the cat now dave uh, reflecting on what we've discussed uh, already what do you feel makes you substantially different uh, to your competitors and why i think it comes down to as i mentioned earlier on knowing that my opinion doesn't matter I might know why someone has done something or the reason why something has failed, but making sure that it's a person-specific approach rather than a problem-specific approach empowers people rather than takes power away from them. A lot of people will come in and add support and take over and do some of the day-to-day stuff uh, and elements of business to add value from that perspective. For me, I really focus on the person and giving them the tools to make their own decisions find out how to make their own decisions an example of this would be i worked with a customer recently who called me up and actually said they uh, had a problem making a decision and they'd like to run something past me and after a few minutes of conversation it turned out they didn't want to run something past me they were looking for me for permission to do what it was that they wanted to do and we didn't actually get to the point of us finding out what that issue was we worked on why they couldn't make the decision themselves They'd have done a 360 of their business. They know that inside out. So we didn't need to focus there. And as it transpired, they didn't have a set of real core values or or two or three really key goals that they could draw that thought process back to and say, does this decision meet those three goals? Yes, let's do it. Or no, let's don't. So that's the areas that we focus on, which I think is a little bit different to some of the other uh, competitors that are out there at the moment. That's interesting that you've got customers ringing you up that are virtually asking you for permission does that happen a lot it does decisions are really big and daunting for a lot of people and if they can get some validation or someone else to back up their thoughts it actually relinquishes a little bit of the responsibility from them and they're business owners you need to have that responsibility and we talked earlier about being a little bit uncomfortable in business and being uncomfortable is fine but having those core values to draw back on is really important. So it's, it could be very easy for me to answer the question, but what's that actually achieved? I would like to go away from a business having known that I've left them in a much better place than when I came in. Now, you're mixing with customers and potential customers all the time, learning uh, what the issues are. Um, do you mix with your peers, you know, with other business coaches sharing best practice? A hundred percent. I think it's really important. There is a quote that says you're the average of the five people you hang around with most. Uh, And I truly believe that actually. So being around like-minded people, and sometimes that's in local networking groups, and sometimes that's in peer-to-peer sessions or supervision, as we would call it, is I can take problems, issues and thoughts to supervision or to -to peer-to-peer groups to get a different perspective. My opinion is definitely not the right one all the time and there are different ways to handling things and if I have a situation that I've reflected on and wonder if I could have done better, 
because I'm always looking to strive and improve, I can take that to a supervision, uh, speak to my supervisor and get their opinion on it. And they might add a different light, a different angle or a different perspective that keeps me true and continues to hopefully make me the best I can be for my clients around me. And you've already said that uh, you're reading all the time, so presumably you keep, you're keeping up to speed with the issues of the day. Very much so. There's always different techniques and different ideas that are coming up on a regular basis. We've got more access to technology now than ever before, so we've also got more access to that knowledge, and sometimes a little knowledge can be dangerous. But what really intrigues me, Des, is actually when I don't agree with someone's opinion, because I'm really intrigued as to why they might think that. So I kind of want to delve into that a little bit more and have some great conversations with friends and, and, and co-workers with that as well. Not necessarily that they're going to change my mind, but I really like to understand the psyche behind why somebody thinks something in a different way, because that will then in turn, when that comes up within my working environment, help me try and understand the problems my clients are facing. Yeah. Uh, Dave, it's always good to hear how businesses make use of modern technology uh, in, in marketing and, and running their businesses. So share with us how you maximise the benefits of utilising new technology. Well, I'll be honest, and I don't think I'll be alone here. I'm not an admin fan, Des, to be fair. <laughs> uh, my diary can get very clogged up as I try and put and squeeze things in. So I do use AI to manage my diary. So if I miss a task, it, it finds another gap in my diary and puts it back in. And that way things don't get missed. Because I do sometimes feel full guilty of doing too much or trying to do too much. So that helps me from that perspective. I work with a lot of clients who use AI to maybe schedule a lot of their social media posts so they can do them all in one go and can focus on then the rest of their business at other times. I also think AI has a place for blogs within certain businesses and helping people that may be grammatically challenged or that haven't got a great uh, vocabulary to help articulate some of their messaging a little bit better as well. But I always err on the side of caution with that because it takes away the personality. So I'd always go in and change things and make them more personable. But also, whilst technology grows, actually, old school methods, face-to-face -face meetings, videos, etc., still remain even more important to show the true person behind the business, which is a lot of the time how, how you win that business. It's interesting. Uh, it's the the way different uh, people have a have a take on the importance of new technology, and I think you've got that in balance there. Does it pose a risk to you? Do you feel fearful of AI the way it's uh, developed? No, I don't think there's any need to feel fearful of technology. You can either embrace it, or, or you can fear it. And actually, understanding it and embracing it allows me to just flex my offering a little bit more to take advantage of that situation. As I said, I do lots of video hints and tips. I work with clients who now do a lot more networking in person um, so that they can show the genuine side of who they are in their business. So it adds value. And then there are always elements of where it can help reduce the time that you're spending in your business so that you can spend more time on it. And it's those advantages that we try and look for with each individual client. And do you find when, you, when you're talking to customers that, uh, or, or to other business people that you're helping that uh, you learn a little more about the technology that's available? I learn all the time. Uh, I learn as much from my clients, I think, as they learn from me, maybe sometimes more. 
Uh, I learned uh, the other day of a new uh, site, Humanly, I think it's called, and it allows you, if you identify somebody as being a steady person or an extrovert, etc., they'll take your email and actually change the tone of it to match the person's personality. Uh, that I found quite incredible. I think the other one was a, a Zoom app that uh, focuses on your eyes and, and makes your eyes always look at the camera, even if you're maybe sneaking a little look at your phone uh, <laughs> or, or an email during a call. So there's always stuff that's coming up that surprises me. And I think, again, it's not everything for everyone. We don't need to do everything, but there are certainly elements of it that we can tweak and bring into our day-to-day. Now, Dave, I, I never cease to be amazed by the huge amount of support that local businesses give to charities and sports clubs etc so detail your community links and why they're important to you and your business working within the local community is really important i feel it's almost a duty for small businesses to give back we find ourselves in privileged positions at times and and others don't and sometimes they need that help and support so there are several charities that i work with i work alongside uh, cheshire pledge working and mentoring young people in business and starting out in business and that's really important as the next generation comes through. Um, I've got a group next week, the Young uh, young People's Network, um, where we're going into coach and mentor around confidence in the workplace with under 26-year-olds as well. Because although when we've mentioned the pandemic before and, and modern technology, actually people can feel quite anxious about what having confidence in the workplace having open conversations and perhaps again but going back to that comfort zone going outside of their comfort zone for fear of being made a fool of uh, or being ridiculed and actually that's just not the case so we try and build that confidence from there as well uh, i support the genie's wish which is a local charity that gives wishes to zero to 40 year old terminally ill uh, people uh, where they have had obviously some terrible actions within their life and terrible consequences of of illness and we support them to try and give them that wish that maybe just brings a bit more sparkle into their life and I think there's, there's nothing more important than trying to do that if we can as well uh, and I also sponsor the Nantwich Town Football Club this season and Although that does come with a uh, complimentary uh, pair of tickets to go and watch the Mighty Dabbers uh, on, a, on a weekly basis through the course of the season. It was more around engaging and working with the 50-odd teams that are now playing out of there from all age groups. That helps their development, keeps them learning the team spirit and, and working together and that teamwork element, which is vital in their progression uh, as they grow up through the years. Yeah, it's a real asset. To, to Nantwich, I think, the football club, and you're quite right, does have a, a huge number of different teams right down to walking football. So they do a terrific job. And, I, and like all sports clubs, um, or perhaps grassroots sports clubs, um, they rely solely on the support of local business for their revenue. And uh, without people like yourself, they can sometimes find they're struggling. So how on earth do you choose um, who to support? It's a really good question. For me, I had been doing some events at Nantwich Town Football Club as an example, and so I'd got to see some of the work in action firsthand. 
that really inspired me to want to help and contribute and I understood a little bit more what they could do if they had a little bit more. We've, I think I've had the privilege of seeing the, the, the change in the pitch over the last uh, couple of months as well. It's been fascinating and that's going to allow even more development for the wider community and the impact on it as well. Uh, when it came to Jeannie's Wish as an example, um, that was a, a friend of mine, Martin, who runs that, who uh, I had had the privilege of having a couple of conversations with during a networking event. And I don't know how I couldn't be involved in that. That was kind of one that just was a, was a really simple one for me. But also it has to balance. I think that you have to look at your own circumstances and make sure that you're not throwing yourself too thin so that you're in a stronger position to be able to help and support. Dave, all businesses have to plan ahead. So in these uncertain times, share with us what you have planned to move the business forward over the next 12 months. Uh, It's quite a few businesses I work with, as an example, that don't plan as well. And actually, that can breed anxiety and stress. So I'm glad you mentioned around planning because it's really important. Over the next 12 months, we're trying to implement several more things within the local area as well. And at the moment, we just do one-to-one sessions and small group sessions. But we're actually going to be running some workshops that are going to be slightly larger in um, headcount so that businesses that potentially struggle to find the resources to engage a business coach can still have access to a business coach on a wider level and actually invoke almost a a mastermind type session where people learn off it with each other along the way as well so i think that we've in business there's lots of questions out there and a lot of people think they're alone and actually it's very clearly they're not so if we can create little pockets of community groups and peer groups as you mentioned earlier on that people can realize that they're not on their own and there are like-minded people amongst them that can help them and drive them in a positive manner then we can try and facilitate those learnings alongside specific workshops on different targets and different subjects as well now running a business as you well know on your own um there are tremendous pressures on you to wear a myriad of different hats and we've covered a few of them in in our chat um how do you deal with that pressure i plan this is what i do if i didn't plan and i'm i wasn't a planner i'm not a, a spreadsheet person but actually i just make sure i i know where my strengths are and i know where my weaknesses are and where my weaknesses are i ask for help and i think when I first started out, as many do, nobody wants to ask for help because they don't, one, they don't want to deem, be deemed weak or a failure, but also there's an expense to that help sometimes. But actually, I take my accounting as an example. Uh, I got myself in quite a pickle with that, shall we say? Uh, it, that's definitely one of the areas that's not a strong point of mine. Um, so I invoked outside help that was able to take that away from me. It freed up 20% of my time and about 50% of my stress. Uh, and that allowed me to have some more clarity to be able to drive and push the business forward. So that's something firsthand that you can pass on to your customers as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think everything that I do, I try and pass on firsthand. I have a coach and mentor still as well, and, and they hold me accountable and, and put things in place to help me develop at the same time. But yes, uh, you can't do everything on your own as much as people think that they can. And there are lots of places to get help and support. Not all of it is uh, a cost. Some of it is free. But you have to know where to do that. And that can be really difficult for any business to know where to go and get that help and advice. And sometimes we just do that. We just advise people where they can go and get some 
free help or, or some free resource. Now, before we finish, out, out of everything that you, you've discussed in, in, in regard to how you, you support and, uh, and underpin your, your uh, customers' ability to run their business, what would you say was the most important? Communication is at the heart of everything that's done, whether that be internally, externally, with stakeholders. How you communicate to people what you communicate to people, where and when, is the vital element of business for me. I think there are elements around that, timekeeping, strategy, accountability, etc. But it's your communication, your tone, your intention that is the vital part of that. And that's actually something that we, we kind of have as a linchpin of all uh, the areas that we work within as well, is that communication element. So a wonderful note to finish on, Dave. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to learn more about taking on Goliath and and how your customers benefit from your input. Should any of our listeners want to contact you, where can they find more information about taking on Goliath? They can head to our website at www.takingongoliath.com and on there you can actually book a free 30-minute consultation that I offer out to all small businesses to maybe just have a once over of their business maybe just to ask for a few bits of nuggets as you mentioned earlier on uh, and and who knows where that might lead dave thank you so much for coming on the cat today my pleasure Des. thank you for having me go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts some more ways to listen